When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now, check out Same Racer, the brand new racing app for same race multi-tips. Same Racer. Download from the App Store and Google Play. Powered by Bluebet. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Welcome to Crunching the Numbers. Going inside and breaking down the game and finding out what all the data means. Thanks for joining us here again on Crunching the Numbers. I am Mark Sapoulos from the Tennis Venue, and we are so privileged to have Mr. Shane Leonage from Data Driven Sports Analytics. Once again, Shane, thank you for joining us. Thank you, Mark. Your introduction's amazing every time. I don't think I deserve any of that. Great to be here, and uh, yeah, let's hope uh, we can bring you a good episode today as well. Uh, trying to mix it up a little bit and keep, uh, keep it fresh for our listeners out there who are probably bored to tears of my introductions, but uh, anyway, thanks again. Today's a, a bit of a different um, topic. We, we probably haven't, or there's not many people that have touched on this topic at all in terms of podcasts that I've heard or uh, any sort of data, but we're going to look at right-handers playing against lefties, and you know, obviously the, the greatest rivalry of all time is the Federer-Nadal rivalry that you know we always talk about and you know I, I just take my mind back to the Australian Open 2017 that epic final um, you know five sets Feds gets up and wins that match in the fifth and it was just an incredible match to watch and the way that he changed the match in that fifth set so you know obviously that's one that we've obviously discussed in the past as to how do we get out of the situation of playing lefties and you had a great example of something that didn't work or that you've been involved with with Thomas Fabiano yeah absolutely so for the last year I've been working on the team of Thomas Fabiano um, and Federico Placidilli and, and he, he's had a lot of success particularly at the Grand Slams but one of the challenges that we've had is when we face a left-handed player and it's it's a, a strategy or the patterns that he has to play against lefty is not natural and, and he struggled with and in terms of statistics on, on tour level like uh, he made a number of good runs in Grand Slams last year and he was winning ne- nearly 50% against right-handed opponents but g- go back and look at maybe the last year and a half against lefties he's barely winning 10% of those matches so there's a big discrepancy and it's something uh, I'd love to sort of pick unpick with Mark and particularly around tournaments where you don't really have that sort of turnaround um, and you don't necessarily know who's in the draw so how can you prepare to play a lefty? It's a really challenging one. I found this is a really hard thing early on in my coaching days and because your patterns of play change totally and they shift from one side of the court to the other generally. So you're trying to obviously play as many forehands as you can, especially in male tennis compared to the females. But you, know, you want to play as many forehands as you can. But if you're playing to their forehand, um, which you generally would do, then you're obviously exposing your backhand side. And I found that Federer had this problem with Nadal where Nadal just kept lifting the ball under Federer's one-handed backhand and he just couldn't pop the ball from above his shoulders. So, And this was where I felt it changed significantly in 2017. And I, I don't even know the numbers as to what Federer has done since that 
that match against Nadal. I think his numbers have been pretty good playing him in the last two years. But he, in that 2017 final, uh, got to the fifth set and literally started to play amazingly just offense. He took the court away from Nadal. He stepped in. He didn't allow the ball to rise above his shoulders. He took everything on the rise. He came forward. And it was literally just a massive flip to what he played for four sets prior. And, and I generally talk to a lot of the players around You've got to try and stay out of their forehand corner and your backhand corner. The only one, and we touched on at the start, was Novak Djokovic. He's the only one that can really get out of that situation because he has such an amazing ability to change the direction of the ball down the line and force it to the backhand of the lefty. But when you talk about other players, they really struggle with that. And I would dare say that, you know, your example of Fabiano probably would be very similar in that it's very hard to change the direction of Nadal's ball, for example, to play that up the line and then get the ball shifted back to your forehand corner. So, you know, it is a really challenging situation for any right-handed to come against, you know, someone like Nadal who who can lift the ball and keep you in your backhand corner for such a period of time and dominate the court with their forehand. Yeah, and then just on, on that example, that since that Melbourne Park sort of final in 2017, Federer has only lost one set against Nadal off clay, obviously, at Roland Garros. Nadal's completely different beast but he's gone on an incredible run since that match um, and I think that was maybe a light bulb moment for him where he was able to sort of play that aggressive pattern in a critical sort of stage when he was down trailing a break in that fifth set and it worked and it, and since then he's uh, really bought into that strategy more and uh, it's working well uh, a couple of things I think um, some of the, the the experts on rackets and probably have an opinion but I think the racket change to a bigger heads helped him play that style a bit more but it, yeah and the other example you, you touched on Djokovic and um, last week we, we talked about predictability and how Nadal has that really robust pattern where he can just go pepper that sort of uh, right hand is backhand all day but Djokovic is probably the one player particularly off clay that Nadal pattern isn't as robust and Nadal actually needs to start looking for going up the line to, to Djokovic's forehand a bit more. 100% I feel uh, you know, the Federer won in 2017, and I, I've got a, a saying in my coaching that success leaves footprints. And, you know, the success he had in that one set has changed the way he plays Nadal every time now. And he's seen what success looks like, and he, he goes away and he continually um, sticks to his success manual, if you want to call it that. Um, and, you know, the, there's the recipe for success, and he just continues to follow that recipe now every time he plays it. Uh, definitely Clay is a different beast, as you said, but, you know, there's no doubt when you see something work like that, you continually do it. You know, Djokovic is that one player who his backhand is exceptional. He, his ability to change direction of any ball uh, at any moment in time keeps Nadal guessing and obviously puts him in a defense on the backhand when, when Djokovic changes direction. And the moment you're getting defense on the backhand, then it gives you time on your own forehand to then spread the and that's what Djokovic does really well. And he takes a lot of time away from Nadal by, by closing the court space down and staying up on the baseline. Obviously, we, we hopefully see that happen with a lot of other players that play Nadal is the ability to hold the position on the court because because of the steepness of the bounce of his ball, it's very hard to hold your baseline because it bounces up so you have to retreat a lot of the time. But if you can step into the court and take the time away from the ball coming up, then obviously it's a great ploy and a great play for, for anybody that's playing against the dog. So I suppose, what are your tips, Mark? Like, let's say you get the draw, you don't know who you're playing, and then you find out you're playing a lefty. So what goes through your mind as a coach and what, what are you trying to get to your athlete when you're playing a lefty in terms of that warm-up, the preparation? Yeah, well, obviously the ideal, and we actually had that at the Australian Open this year with uh, with Ionel playing a lefty first up and, 
you know, you, you've got to um, have a lefty to warm up with, there's no doubt. And if you've got to see someone else in the draw that's a lefty, you try and work out a warm-up structure to, to practice with them before the match. If you've got a day off in between, you try and hit with a lefty the day before. A lot of the time, it's very hard to find. And this is the hardest part about, you know, preparing for a lefty. And I feel like in the past, I was a hitting partner at the Australian Open and, you know, playing against a lefty, I'd have to serve inside out to get the ball to spin like a lefty and, and move away from a from a player to get them to feel where the ball is going to be. Now, that's not ideal, but you do what you have to do if you if you don't have a left-handed player available. So, you know, I feel like the warm-up before the match, the pre the, game, the days leading up to it if you've got a lefty that's available once it draws out and you try and work with them but yeah it isn't it isn't easy and the other thing you can do is practice some pattern strategy so getting the player to play the other corner doing some drills on you know mixing their patterns of play up and obviously getting the ball coming back to, on different angles you know and I think it's it's important to to get the player feeling the different shift of court and where they might find themselves on match day. But yeah, again, you, you've got to stick to your strengths when you're planning. You know, you don't want them to, just because they're lefty, to take you away from your strengths. But you've also got to be mindful that, you know, your strength might play right into their strength as well. So you need to think about ways that you can change that up, especially in the big moments of the match. Yeah, and then going back to that example, um, so we, Fabiano had played Tsitsipas, obviously a righty, and then played Karlovic, which is a very strange match where I think uh, a lot of patterns kind of go out the window. But then he had Vadasco, and he knew he had to slightly change it because of the strength of Vadasco's forehand, but just couldn't execute. And um, and I suppose that's a challenge. And, it, and I think when we did the review, we really identified that in those training blocks, he probably wasn't hitting with enough lefties. And that was something he, he tried, certainly tried to change before the US Open where he uh, was actually hitting with lefties on, on every second or third day. Yeah, and it, it is really important. And even, you know, when you play someone like Vidasco or you play someone like Nadal or you play, you know, go back to Yako Niemann when, when he was playing, you know, they have this different ball shape and they generally like to lift it. They've developed that lifting pattern because as a junior, they might want to lift it to the player's backhand. So they have this great ability to lift the ball. So as a coach, I generally try and sit in the forehand corner of a left-hander and feed high, heavy balls to the backhand of my player and get them to learn to take it on the rise, get them to change direction of the ball, to get them feeling what they might need to do come match day. And, you know, it's obviously trying to simulate what they're going to get is what you do as a coach and big believer of um, training situations. And, you know, situations at that moment is you're playing a lefty and this is what's going to happen and this is what you need to do to get out of it. And my thought process around training before uh, playing a lefty in the big moments, but, um, you know, obviously, you know, like you said, the data for Fabiano isn't great now. You know, he's... You know, might might be playing the right way. The guy might play better. You know, that's the other thing we got to look at in tennis is that, oh, there's always an opponent, and they can always play better to beat you in that moment. So, you know, we, we've got to look at how do we how do we get better at that, but also never take away what an opponent can or can't do. Is there any difference, I suppose, to playing a female lefty as opposed to like, in terms of how you sort of prepare, or is it broadly the same sort of strategy? It's broadly the same. The female lefties don't hit as heavy generally. I'm talking as a general rule of thumb. So they'll generally hit flatter. So you're not going to have that ball that comes up too often. And the other flip side of playing a female lefty is, and this is giving away some coaching secrets, but I feel like playing into a female forehand is probably a better ploy than playing into a female backhand. I feel like the female forehand breaks down more often in the forehand corner than the backhand will. So 
I think a female player is more comfortable playing backhand cross to, to forehand than they are forehand to back. So that's the flip side of, of where the female game is. And obviously coaching on both tours, I've, I've found that, you know, I've actually enjoyed coaching against lefties because I know that a lot of female players have a better backhand. So um, it's a more comfort zone for them. Uh, the change of direction is a lot easier for females off the backhand. You know, they like to play the backhand line. Uh, they play more lines than they do cross. And, you know, it is a different kettle of fish when you're coaching the male and female game. So uh, there's no doubt, you know, the, the left-handed side of the game doesn't impact the females as much as it does the males. And I might descend on one uh, one thing. Uh, both of us, we were involved in a team, uh, I think it was last year or the year before, uh, Lulu Sun. So she's a lefty. So I suppose it's a challenge for a lefty playing another lefty. What's the dynamic there? Yeah, well, Lulu was a great, a great project, obviously making the quarters of the Australian Open that year and then going on to win a, uh, a few future in a row in Australia after that and we had such a field day with having a lefty in our team because yeah, it was it. You know, we could play all those patterns of play and, and get away with not even executing them really well it was just the ball ball was going to that spot taking away what the opponent could do but lefty against lefty is hard because you just want to play your strength and I just felt like we, we tried to play her strengths as much as possible and um, and she was exceptional at playing you know her big forehand all over the court and, and utilising the slice serve and you know we wanted her to, to do that as much as we could so you know, you obviously just stick to your strengths. No different or right-handed versus the right-handed. It's the same same concept. So, no, it's, a, it's an interesting topic. And I'd love to hear from any lefties out there that have any any secrets, um, trade secrets that they do against a right-handed because I'd love to utilise some of them. And feel free to, uh, to send us a message on social media or email us at any time and um, get hold of us. But again, Shane, thanks again for obviously your honesty with, you know, working with Fabiano's team and, and, and their data and, and utilising some of those, you know, those ploys. And hopefully we can take these lessons into what we do as coaches and, and use them to our advantage as well. So thanks again for joining us, Shane. And, you know, once again, uh, you know, you are the guru of, of numbers and the science behind the art and yeah obviously you're the brains behind our team so thanks again for for all your work <laughs> thanks marker see you later <laughs> thanks guys for joining us once again on crunching the numbers uh you've been listening about left-handers and and the way that we, we coach and, and strategize against lefties and hopefully that's been able to help you in your in your coaching and your game and, and we look forward to hearing your comments and, and feedback once again i'm from the tennis menu and uh please feel free to, to search us up on social media and Shane Leonage is from Data Driven Sports Analytics, the best numbers in the game. So please feel free to, to listen to all our previous podcasts back here on the first serve. And, and uh, yeah, any feedback is welcome. Thanks again for joining us on Punching the Numbers. You've been listening to Crunching the Numbers. Make sure you subscribe to receive all the first serve podcast. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply.